0: Welcome to Relational Peace University. I'm your host, Preston Yoder. What causes conflict? Conflicts take a lot of directions, but they often have a common cause. The cause is triggered when one person sees another person as an enemy. This leads to the person responding instinctively in one of two ways, either fighting that enemy to win the conflict or fleeing from that enemy and failing to resolve the conflict and passively hiding from the conflict. Each one of us has a unique personality tendency. Some of us instinctively hide or flee from conflicts. Others of us instinctively attack our enemy and hit the conflict head-on, but sometimes hitting the enemy head-on. Now, if we stay calm and productive in how we are broaching conflict, we will not either flee or fight, but we will remain objective and reasonable and talk through the issues at hand and negotiate solutions. However, this capacity to be reasonable and talk calmly and negotiate solutions is often lacking in human nature. James chapter 4 tells us why. James 4 tells us that People have wars and conflicts and fights because of the desires that are war within their hearts. There is a state of being in humanity that leads to these perpetual conflicts arising. For example, from history, there's tensions between Serbia and Austria-Hungary. What happens in 1914, as these tensions crescendo when someone who wants to make a political point and deal with the enemy, who they perceive to be the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, decides to assassinate him. With that assassination, the conflict escalates. austria hungary decides to end their policy of patience with Serbia, Nations start drawing lines in the sand and taking sides, and before you know it, the whole world is engulfed in a war, World War I. Now, there's a lot of contributing factors that led up to the Serbian's decision to assassinate Archduke Franz Ferdinand. But from there, the conflict spiraled out of control until millions of people who had nothing to do with what the conflict were dead. Why? Because every single soldier who signed up to join the war believed that they knew who the enemy was and because the Serbian who started the conflict believed that the Archduke Ferdinand was the enemy and therefore taking his life would prove a point accomplished some political agenda. This is what causes wars, James says. It's desires that you don't have and in some senses it's things that you want to be true that aren't true is what gets you to fight. This could be you at the table with your loved ones, your family members, and when you start talking politics, you instantly get in fight your flight mode. You're very uncomfortable. Why? Because politics get to the heart of the world that we want to be or that get to the heart of the world that is not yet. It gets to the very heart of human emotions quickly. And because there is a media that's just packed with uh, contempt and criticism and ridicule that sets up opposing sides, either you are a Democrat or you are a Republican, you are left or you are right, you immediately starting to wonder, is this person my enemy? And the fight or flight mechanism gets triggered. And although you're not likely to assassinate anyone in the family get- gathering, you might you might need to call truce and say, we can't talk about politics anymore. That's why this rule exists, right? What causes conflict? It's a fight or flight mechanism in the human experience. It's deciding that someone is your enemy to either attack or flee from. But deeper than that, James tells us that there is this war within the human heart. And this war comes from a place of scarcity. You, you desire, but you don't have something, James says. So you desire something you don't have, and so you fight to get it. This leads to all kinds of evil in the human heart. And it's sometimes based on faulty desires. In Robert Waldinger's TED Talk on what makes humans happy, he said people believe that being famous or being wealthy is going to influence your happiness, but a 80-year study from Harvard University disproves that theory there is no correlation between happiness and fame or wealth and happiness now when you get to a minimum standard of living a certain income per year there can be a slight increase in overall happiness but after that threshold is met there is no correlation with happiness so this the human heart might be desiring things that it can't won't actually make it happy and that's what james is saying and these things become idols And so if you're a Christian, you are able to identify that fame, money, power are not things that are ever going to satisfy you. This is what positions you to be a peacemaker. What causes conflict, it's fight and flight, it's scarcity, and it's evil in the human heart. It's idolatry. But now, here's here's the beautiful thing. If you're listening to this podcast and you know a little bit of who God is or you're just seeking to know God, I want to tell you about things that make it possible for you to be a peacemaker in light of who God is. The first is awareness. These are the three A's for a peacemaker. Awareness. If you can live with the awareness of your fight or flight mechanism and realize when it gets triggered in a moment, you'll be positioned to be a peacemaker. Someone says something you'd strongly disagree with. You're about to attack them and say, you never, you always, this is, you're a fool, you're whatever. You realize, wait a minute, I'm not going to attack this person like an enemy. But that's not in my heart who God wants me to be. Jesus said we don't call people names. We don't con- do contempt people's way. We don't say you fool. In fact, we do the opposite. We love, we speak the truth in love so we can stay focused on the topic. So be aware if you're going to fight and lash out at somebody, or if you're going to flee and just shut down and walk away, but then inside you're boiling mad or you're depressed. That's not peace either. So what makes you peacemaker awareness of your mechanism? (laughs) I know that my mechanism tends to be to shut down. My mechanism tends to be to walk away. My mechanism tends to go inward and then be depressed, or guilty, or frustrated, but under the surface. So as I worked on becoming a peacemaker, God's worked on me to speak what I think, the truth in love, and not to keep it inside. What about you? What makes you a peacemaker is your awareness of your instinctive reaction. Do you tend to fight, lash out? Do you tend to flee and shut down? When you know those reactions you're aware of them, you can change them by God's grace. Now the second thing is abundance. While scarcity exists in our world, it doesn't exist for believers who put their faith in the God that Jesus revealed. Jesus said that whatever you ask in his name will be given to you. And James hearkens back to that, saying, if there's a legitimate thing that God has for you that you're lacking, the reason You are experiencing scarcity, and you have unfulfilled desires because you haven't asked. What he's saying is, ask God. James earlier talks about God as the father of lights, who's the giver of every good gift. And James Brian Smith, in his book, The Good and Beautiful God, talks about the generosity of God. God is generous. There is no lack for believers. There's no lack for you when you come to him. You have abundance. When you know who God is and you know he gives abundance freely and he's glad to give it, then you rest in that abundance and you don't experience scarcity. You don't need to lash out. You don't need to prove your point. You don't need to find your security in convincing someone else of a reality you think is true and they don't believe. You actually have abundance with God and you can live without abundance. Everyone sharing your opinions on everything. So God alone can fulfill the scarcity that's experienced in the human condition. God alone is an infinite source of blessing and provision. God alone as the creator is capable of caring and stewarding for all the needs of the billions and billions of people made in his image on this planet. And when you know that, you know that you have a walk in abundance and that others can be invited out of the scarcity of life without God into the abundance of life with God. The third A here, after awareness and abundance, is abiding. Abiding in Christ. Jesus, I imagine him walking through a vineyard when he taught this, told his students that, they are to remain in him as a vine and a branch relates to each other, so they should relate to him. And a vine, of course, provides the nutrients of life to a branch, which then produces fruit. And Jesus says, if you remain in me, that is, if you remain connected to his abundance and you abide in Christ, then that abundance is going to give you awareness of God in a moment that lets you respond as a peacemaker, not as a peace breaker, and not as a faker. to borrow the words of Ken Sandy. Here's the thing. I'm so encouraged that you took the time to listen to this because I know that you are part of God's abundant provision in the world to bring peace. There is a wave of division that the enemy is trying to bring in across the globe. And he's always looking to start the next world war. He's always looking to create the next uh, church split that's nasty. He's always looking to have that neighbor turn against that neighbor. He's always looking to incite someone to rob or to steal or to slander or to cut someone down with their words. He's always looking. He's always standing as an accuser of the people that God has made. But God is raising up people who are aware, walk in abundance, and abide in Christ, we are going to be a loving, truth-speaking group of people in the world who promote peace, who do not escalate situations, who do not sacrifice truth with silence, but who also do not sacrifice love with Disrespect, attacks, or cynicism. So here's the thing. You know what causes conflict. It's your fight or flight mechanism. It's scarcity. It's evil in the human heart. And you know how to make peace. Be aware of your internal response and alter it. Walk with the knowledge of the abundance of God's provision You don't need to fill something. You don't need to make something up. God lacks nothing. It's already his, and he's giving everything to you. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, they should be called children of God, and blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God isn't giving this as an inheritance to all his people. And then there's abiding in Christ, staying connected to the vine, daily having his words, taking them to heart, and trusting him, will position you to be a peacemaker. You know the cause. You know what it takes to be a peacemaker. And I'm glad you're joining me and joining the army of people that God's raising up to be people of peace. We'll see you next time on Relational Peace University.